0: You're listening to The Sports Stove with host Vince Stover. The Sports Stove is sponsored by R.A. Marketing. Go GoRAdigital.com Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. A recap of the NFL draft and all the drama included with it. That's what's on today's Sports Stove podcast. Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the draft as much as I did. It was good to have some kind of sports going on the television. And uh, really, it started out pretty slow. The first round was kind of a snoozer. Everything going pretty much uh, as planned for most of the first round. And then finally, it started to pick up in the next two days with all the trades and different things going on. Even some players getting moved. Uh, along with draft picks and different things happening. But today we just want to recap some quick thoughts from the NFL draft and uh, share some some uh, uh, opinions on these things as well. Let's start off with the main story that was going into the draft was the quarterbacks in the draft. You had Joe Burrow on top of the order, then Tua and Herberts and somewhere way or another you know, leading up to the draft the week or two before the draft. Everybody was started to say, well, Herbert's going to go before Tua. Tua's going to fall in the draft. And then about a day before the draft, everybody came back to their right minds and said that Tua would go before Herbert. And, uh, and so those three quarterbacks kind of went where everybody had assumed they were going to go for a long time. Then after that, Jordan Love was the question. And then the guys that came after him, Hurts, Eason, from where would they go? were the questions at hand? So let's start with this. Joe Burrow, number one overall selection by the Cincinnati Bengals. No drama here. Everyone assumed that's what was going to happen from the end of the college football season. Adam Schefter of ESPN reports Joe Burrow has been studying the playbook, and, uh, and there is a chance that he will start game one of the season. Adam Schefter, this is not breaking news. Everybody knows Joe Burrow is going to start the season uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals as the starting quarterback. This is not shock. This is not breaking. Uh, This just makes sense. And uh, so Joe Burrow, continue to be no drama with him. Uh, He is the Bengals quarterback for the foreseeable future. Tua then goes to the Miami Dolphins at number five. It was in- interesting that no one traded up. We saw lots of reports leading up to the draft that Miami was looking to move up to three uh, to to get what at the time they said an offensive tackle. But smart people realized they were that would be for a quarterback. More reports came out later that said no one was offering Detroit anything to move up, and so who knows what to believe with that. But the Dolphins stand pat at five and take Tua. The Chargers stand pat at six and take Justin Herbert, and they seem to be very pleased by this selection. Justin Herbert goes in uh, in the best situation, I believe, of all these quarterbacks. I'm not a huge Justin Herbert fan. I don't know that he's going to be a great quarterback, but having said that, he's in a great situation. Tyrod Taylor can start the season, and uh, Justin Herbert can learn kind of slowly there in Los Angeles. If they have a rough start to the season, he can come in and play. Otherwise, he can do the Patrick Mahomes to sit behind Taylor for a year and then start his sophomore season. But they've got good talent in Los Angeles. They have a great defense, and so the situation is ideal for a young quarterback to come into. And uh, Justin Herbert should be able to find his most success in L.A. Had he gone to another team, maybe like Miami uh, or somewhere else that didn't have a whole lot going for it, I think it would just doom his career. But being in L.A. gives him a good shot. The fourth quarterback taken off the board was Jordan Love. Jordan Love is an interesting story. I, I've i shared my thoughts in previous podcasts Uh, really not feeling great about his potential, um, especially early on. And so Green Bay trades up to number 26 to take Jordan Love. Again, another situation that can be good for him as far as he doesn't have to play right away. He can sit and watch. He can learn the system. um, He can be worked with by the coaching staff and all that stuff with no pressure to have to get on the field and play immediately. But then the biggest question for Jordan Love is, is what's that going to cause in the locker room? Aaron Rodgers is not known as being a level-headed, easy-to-work-with guy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been very dramatic. He has, uh, off the field, he has has major issues with his family, uh, strained relationships there. On the field, he tends to kind of do what he wants to do as opposed to what he's told to do. And and although he's got a great talent, he is... Uh, maybe the detriment of his team right now, it's not because he doesn't have the talent to play. It's just, does he play in the system? And now the question is, is the drafting of Jordan Love at number 26 in the first round, is it going to cause issues with him uh, psychologically, mentally, um, in the locker room? Is he going to pout or is he going to come in and understand he is Aaron Rodgers? And Jordan Love is not taking his job anytime soon, at least not by talent. And, uh, and how he'll handle that will play a big role into what happens with Jordan Love and uh, and how things go for him. Uh, Jordan Love has the potential really to be one of four players. He's drafted 26th to a team that already has a, a good quarterback. So he can turn out to be Aaron Rodgers, which means he uh, comes in, he, he takes over for Aaron Rodgers when Rodgers retires or moves on to another team and goes on to have a long, successful career. The other player he could turn into is Matt Hasselback. Matt Hasselback was drafted to Green Bay when Brett Favre was still there, and he ended up getting traded to Seattle and had a very successful career in Seattle. So that could be Jordan Love's uh, future as well. He could also become Aaron Brooks. Uh, Aaron Brooks also drafted in Green Bay during the Brett Favre era, and was traded to the New Orleans Saints, and really had a non-stellar career after the trade. Never really turned into what his potential was. And the other player Jordan Love can become is Brian Brom, a second-round pick in Green Bay while Brett Favre was still there, and he was a complete and total bust. Uh, so, or, I'm sorry, that's why Aaron Rodgers was there already. They went ahead and drafted him in the second round. So, uh, you know, there's... there's Jordan Love can go one of a number of directions. Um, as far as for him personally, it's a good situation, a chance to learn. Um, as far as professionally, and and you know, he's not going to see the field anytime too soon. He could sit on the bench for two, three, four years before playing in Green Bay or for a couple years before being traded away as well. Jalen Hurts was the next quarterback off the board going to Philadelphia. I don't like this spot for Jalen Hurts. Uh, Carson Wentz is the quarterback there. He's not going to beat out Carson Wentz, although Carson Wentz does get injured often and there is potential for him to see the field early. I don't think this is a great spot for Jalen Hurts, uh, but he is drafted in the second round the number 5 quarterback overall. To the Philadelphia Eagles, then Jacob Eason went to Indianapolis. This is a great spot for Jacob Eason. Just like uh, with Justin Herbert, he's going to come in his rookie season, have zero pressure on him to play. Uh, he'll back up Philip Rivers, can have a chance to learn. I would assume Philip Rivers is going to be willing to help him out a little bit here, since Rivers is at the end of his career, and Eason ending up in Indianapolis would give opportunity to have a, a good a good organization uh, there, good support there, and if he puts in the work he will be successful in Indianapolis. The next quarterback off the board went to the New York York Jets, and I assumed that Jake Fromm would be number six off the board uh, or number seven off the board, one of the two, and he was not. Uh, The New York Jets selected quarterback James Morgan uh, out of Florida International, FIU. He also played a couple years at Bowling Green, I believe. This is a fourth-round selection for the Jets, Morgan has all kinds of upside. Everybody that was uh, scouting players loved this kid. He's got great size, good ability, and uh, interesting spot for him there in New York. He'll be, of course, the backup to Sam Darnold. But hey, if Sam Darnold gets mono again, maybe James Morgan gets to play before a few of these other guys. Jake Fromm finally does go. Uh, he goes to the Buffalo Bills. Not a great spot for him at all. Uh, Fromm does not have uh, the, the strongest arm, although I think he's going to be a great pro if he ever gets the opportunity. Uh, but to end up in Buffalo behind a young quarterback and Josh Allen, he's not really going to get uh, opportunity there. So his best bet is to play well in preseason and eventually get traded uh, by someone who needs a good quarterback. Fromm goes in the fifth round, uh, the 22nd selection in the fifth round to the Buffalo uh, bills. So that's the quarterbacks, how they shook out. Again, the top three went exactly where we all thought they would. After that, things changed up quite a bit. On to the wide receivers. There was a lot of talk of receivers, uh, and many of them going in the first round. They ended up having six receivers drafted in the first round, and a few interesting ones there. The first quarterback off the board was Henry Ruggs III going to the Las Vegas Raiders. And Al Davis would be proud of Speedster being drafted before Judy, before CeeDee Lamb. Um, I really think that Ruggs was clearly the number three receiver, if not number four. He was not the top two, um, but he was—he went first uh, to Las Vegas. They added a few receivers in this draft. Um, probably the best get in the first round was Dallas um, with CeeDee Lamb falling to them. Uh, what a great opportunity for CeeDee Lamb to join already a very talented offense in Dallas, it should provide Dallas with an extra piece of firepower that should make them dynamic. Uh, and Dak Prescott is not going to be complaining as Aaron Rodgers will, not getting any, uh, uh quality targets in this draft. Uh, Dak Prescott's going to be very pleased with the Dallas selection. CD Lamb fell to them uh, there at number 17. San Francisco also needing a wide receiver, traded it down. They ended up taking Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. A lot of people rave about Ayuk's talent, uh, kick returner and receiver as well. And uh, so it should be a pretty good situation there. A couple of the late receivers that I really like and like where they end, ended up. Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty. A lot of scouts really liked what he had to offer. He goes to the Washington Redskins in the middle of the draft. And then San Francisco, after picking up Ioka in the first round, they get Jawan Jennings out of Tennessee. I've watched a lot of Tennessee games uh, in my life growing up in Tennessee and still kind of following what they do um. As well, they've been very unsuccessful in college football recently. But in the seventh round, Jawan Jennings goes to the San Francisco. And he, this kid is talented. He's got the NFL size and an NFL body. He can catch everything. He is a very, very good receiver. I think he'll land in San Francisco, stick with them, and eventually playing on Sundays in San Francisco. On the running backs. Not a whole lot to talk about with them. The first running back off the board, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, out of LSU, goes to Kansas City. We've said on this podcast all along, Kansas City is in the perfect spot to get a running back. They can get the one they want. I've been pushing for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the Obviously, DeAndre Swift was listed as number one on almost everybody else's boards. But uh, Kansas City goes with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's going to be, again, another dynamic piece for Kansas City. He bolsters their offense, and when you can make the Super Bowl champs offense better, that's saying something. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does that. DeAndre Swift, the second running back off the board, goes to Detroit, where running backs go to die. Good luck there, DeAndre Swift. He should be talented enough to definitely add to Detroit. Detroit's just not a good team. They've not been built well. And uh, and so I feel bad for him there, but uh, he's in Detroit. Jonathan Taylor, uh, Indianapolis Colts trade up to get Jonathan Taylor. I think it's a great get for Indianapolis. They do have uh, other running backs in the stable already, but Jonathan Taylor is what I think is the best running back in this draft. He's going to add, again, dynamic piece to this Colts team. It's going to help them not just this year, but in many years to come. Then the Rams did a little bit of a surprise. They took Cam Akers. Over J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins falls to Baltimore, and uh, both of those guys sh- should be able to find success in the NFL. Acres will probably get more opportunity in the early going, but J.K. Dobbins to a dynamic rushing offense in Baltimore uh, should be an added piece there as well. To wrap up the offense in the NFL draft, how about the offensive linemen? Six uh, in the first uh, first round, six linemen or uh, offensive tackles, I guess, in the first round, but. Uh, The first offensive lineman going off the board was at pick number four, and everybody was saying the Giants were going offensive line. Most people had Tristan Wirfs as the guy that would go to the New York Giants, but at number four, they surprised some. Going with Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas out of Georgia uh, was the safe pick. And if you know anything about David Gettleman, he is as boring as they come. He goes with Andrew Thomas, who should be able to plug right in and play there in the Giants' offense and, again, make them better. Tristan Wirfs, he may have fell, fall, fallen to the best situation of anybody in the first round. C.D. Lamb could be in that argument as well. But Tampa Bay goes up one pick to number 13. To draft Tristan Wirfs to add him to the offensive line to block for Tom Brady, and uh, what a fun opportunity for this kid! He's going to come and be a solid piece on that offensive line moving forward. And it'll be uh, intriguing to watch Tampa as they continue to build this team and uh, and and make it into uh, really. They have one, maybe two years to make this team a Super Bowl team before Tom Brady is done. And uh, Tristan Wirfs is an important piece to that that puzzle. On to the defense, there is uh, cornerbacks galore in the first round. There were six of them drafted in the first round, and really two reaches on the cornerbacks in the first round. The Las Vegas Raiders go up and get Damon Arnett uh, out of Ohio State. Now, looking back at uh, some of the things on him, trying to do some research on him, he did have a, uh, a good college career. He seems like a solid player. Uh, and a solid person as well. But at 19, may have been a little bit of a reach for him. He's going to get a lot of opportunity to prove that this pick was right or wrong. Uh, a lot of playing time is to be had in Las Vegas, especially as a defensive back. And so Damon Arnett uh, goes there at number 19 in the first round. Then Miami as well as they had all kinds of draft picks and opportunities to make their team better. Uh, with their first pick, of course, they went Tua. At number 18, they took an offensive lineman in Austin Jackson. Then at number 30 in the first round, they, they get a cornerback out of Auburn, Noah No uh, nogin uh, I I don't know how to say that. So you you've seen it probably by now. As well. if you don't know, you know you can look it up. And uh, and he here goes to Miami again. There's there was just a lot of talent on the board still at number thirty, and it seems like a bit of a reach uh, for him there at that spot. Um, ESPN talks about the fact that he uh, he just had uh, wasn't much of a playmaker in college. He had one interception in the last two seasons of his college career. Miami's in desperate need of playmakers, and, uh, and Igby Nogin does not appear to be a playmaker. But he's got great size, and uh, and he's he'll have people to learn from, Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones already in Miami. So he won't have to uh, be a crucial part of the team right away, but if he's going to get on the field, he's going to have to make a difference if he's on the field there. Then in the draft, we have the specialists uh, that go a sixth-round long snapper. Miami Dolphins select Blake Ferguson. His brother's a long snapper in Buffalo, so they'll both be in the uh, same conference playing with each other, against each other there. And then three kickers were selected and two punters uh, selected. Why is the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed your answer to better health and wellness? It's proven quality sleep. Any more questions? Yes, I'm always freezing, and he overheats. It's temperature balancing, so you can sleep better together. But can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. So I'll have more energy for yoga. Yes, proven quality sleep is life changing sleep. Namaste. Namaste to you too. And now save up to a thousand dollars on the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed and adjustable base, only for a limited time. To learn more. Go to sleepnumber.com. And uh, so it's always good to give a shout-out to the specialists, uh, the guys that golf more than they practice, and uh, and good luck to them in the NFL draft. Let's take just a moment to thank our sponsors, R.A. Marketing. R.A. Marketing offers turnkey digital marketing services for financial advisors. They've worked tirelessly to create a winning Facebook ads formula that delivers the ROI advisor's need. ROA Marketing can help you if you're a financial advisor, and I encourage you to go visit their website, goradigital.com. That's goradigital.com. We sure appreciate RA Marketing sponsoring the Sports Stove Podcast. All right, let's close out the podcast today with a quick recap of some of the uh, teams that I like what they did and some of the teams that I dislike what they did. had a lot of teams that really did a lot of good things in this draft, um, so I want to point out a few a few of them. Baltimore Ravens, what a good draft they had, especially at the top. Patrick Queen, an inside linebacker. I really thought Green Bay was going up to get him when they traded up for Jordan Love. Uh, they did not. Baltimore patiently waited. Patrick Queen off the board, number 28, uh, to Baltimore. Then they go J.K. Dobbins. They, they let the, the board fall to the end. This draft was this way, especially in the early parts, first and second rounds, Teams really just let everything fall to them and took what was there on the board. Uh, they continued to add pieces. Baltimore uh, in the third round added a wide receiver, Devin Duvernay, out of Texas. A lot of talent Uh, there as well they just they added pieces that are going to help them this year as well as continue to to be consistent in the years ahead the Carolina Panthers went all defense in this draft they started out by really bolstering their defensive line Derek Brown out of Auburn and Yitor Gross Matos out of Penn State will be I believe instant starters for Carolina then they added safety Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois many people are are big on him as well And so they added some crucial pieces, maybe three starters in their first three picks. Um, that's That's a big land there for Carolina, who has some desperate needs when it comes to defense. Cincinnati Bengals, obviously Joe Burrow, the quarterback of the future for them, is a great pick. They followed that by T. Higgins from Clemson uh, and Logan Wilson from Wyoming, the inside linebacker. Akeem Davis-Gaither, the outside linebacker in the fourth round. They added important pieces to their team, guys that are going to contribute immediately in Cincinnati and are bolstering their win totals very quickly, I believe, in Cincinnati. Maybe the best team draft that uh, was out there, uh, definitely one of them is the Dallas Cowboys. C.D. Lamb fell to them at number 17. Trevon Diggs uh, in the second round, the cornerback out of Alabama, is a great piece as well. And then the Wisconsin center, Tyler Baides, uh, he is a, an immediate starter for them as well. They have a desperate need at center, Travis Frederick retiring, and I believe they picked up the starter for a long time to come. They are in the fourth round, so they picked up again uh, some key pieces that are immediately going to contribute to this team moving forward and should give them success for many years to come. The Denver Broncos, uh, they wanted to to go with Drew Locke and they wanted to make sure he had the weapons that he needed. They started out with two wide receivers and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler out of Penn State, guys that will be able to play at the next level. They picked up a starting center in the third round with Lloyd Cushenberry. And they just continue to add pieces. A tight end out of Missouri and uh, more wide receivers later in the draft as well. Offensive linemen. uh, Denver went all in on this draft to make the team that they had currently better for the days to come and it all now is going to come back to drew lock can he be that quarterback that puts them on to the next level another team that i loved in the draft was the indianapolis colts in the second round their first pick of the draft uh number two in the second round they go with wide receiver michael Pittman jr Uh, he is a, a great catch radius guy a good possession receiver he's not necessarily a speedster he's not slow um, but a good possession receiver to add to their group then running back jonathan taylor we already mentioned i think he's the best player uh, best running back in the draft they get a good safety at a utah in the third round uh, quarterback jacob eason in the fourth round i just kept watching as these teams passed on from and eason and was wondering when were these guys going to grab somebody they patiently waited got eason in the fourth round great value Uh, For Eason, there. And again, the Colts not only are better this year, they're better for the years to come because of the draft this year. The Los Angeles Chargers, tons of potential with the Chargers. A very good team already, drafting number six overall. They get their quarterback of the future in Herbert. If they do right by him, if they let him sit behind Tyrod Taylor and learn, there's a lot of potential there. They add Kenneth Murray with the 23rd pick, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. Running back Joshua Kelly is going to be an impact player for them as well out of UCLA. And in the fifth round, they go out and get Joe Reed, wide receiver out of Virginia, a very good player, had very good uh, um, college career and will be able to make an impact on that team. And in the seventh round, they pick up K.J. Hill out of Ohio State, the wide receiver as well, that should be able to make the roster and, uh, and, and have a chance to compete even in his rookie season. Three more teams I like. The Minnesota Vikings had a really good draft. They had a ton of picks uh, they did a great job with them justin jefferson a really good receiver out of lsu and cornerback jeff gladney out of tcu in the first round selections for minnesota then they followed that by getting uh, offensive tackle ezra cleveland uh, out of boise state a lot of scouts were big on him he'll be starting this year cameron Dansler, the cornerback from mississippi state as well will be starting this year so they got four starters out I believe, in their first four picks as well. That's a win, and uh, congratulations to the Minnesota Vikings. The New Orleans Saints did not have a whole lot of picks, but they made the most of them. They pick up a starting center in Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, a starting linebacker in Zach Baum, who fell into the third round out of Wisconsin. Um, there were some knocks on his size, but you just watch these guys and the production they have. You're going to see how good they are. Tied in, Adam Troutman out of Dayton, Uh, Should be an impact player as well. He's a guy that can come in, learn from Jared Cook over the next year or two, and eventually be a key impact player for New Orleans. And then they get another versatile quarterback with their last pick, Tommy Stevens, uh, who they can kind of groom into that Tyson Hill role. Hill signed a two-year extension. But I don't think the Saints see him as the quarterback of the future. They're bringing in Jameis Winston for this year. and uh, So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. But the New Orleans Saints had a great draft. And then the last team that I think had a really good draft was San Francisco 49ers. They uh, immediately replaced... DeForest Buckner, who they traded for the number 13th pick. They traded down one more slot with Tampa to the 14th pick, and they ended up taking Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. Then later in the first round, Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver, and as I mentioned earlier, getting Jawan Jennings in the seventh round as well. San Francisco had very few picks, five picks overall. They made the most of it and, uh, and seemed to come out really well on the other end of this draft. Now let's look at five teams that I disliked in this draft, teams that I think uh, really failed to, to hit the mark and uh, and see what you think about these things. Team number one that I did not like was the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I am a Green Bay Packer fan, and I try to be optimistic as much as I can be, but I sat there watching this draft, especially the early parts of this draft, thinking, what are they doing? Jordan Love taken in the first round. Again, he gives them a, possibly a quarterback of the future where we can have Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, uh, and give us 45 years of that. Uh, most people wouldn't complain about it. This is a team that needs to win now, and Jordan Love's not going to help with that. And, uh, and so in taking him there, they passed up a few good players um, I think receivers T Higgins. I think Patrick Queen, the linebacker. They passed up guys that could have helped them this year. Jordan Love's not going to do that. Then in the second round they go running back AJ Dillon, and AJ Dillon's supposed to be a really good player and uh, and whatnot from there. But Aaron Jones is a very good running back. Jamal Williams, the backup, is is a is a great number two running back. And it, again, it just wasn't an area of great need. Now, both of those running backs are on the last year of their contracts. So so maybe then A.J. Dillon's here to fill in after that for Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones. But either way, again, it just didn't feel like it helped them this year. And that's your first two picks in the draft. Then they go tied in, and he's really more of a uh, fullback uh, than he is a tight end. He, he is versatile. He's athletic. Josiah DeGuara from Cincinnati. Then they finally went uh, with some guys. I like their sixth round. First pick in the sixth round, number 13 overall, uh, was John Runyon Jr. Uh, I like that pick. He's a guy that can step in and, and play, and, and sounds like he's going to compete for a starting job uh, here in season one for them. So if they have one guy that starts this year and he's the sixth round pick, to me, that's just an unsuccessful draft. And so, uh, not happy with Green Bay and uh, dislike theirs uh, their draft very much. The Another team that I disliked was the Houston Texans. Uh, of course, we don't know what's going on in Houston. Bill O'Brien's a crazy guy. Um, but again, did they get any starters? Ross Blacklock, uh, defensive tackle, maybe he starts. Then they go outside linebacker. Offensive line and defensive back in the fourth round and then a wide receiver in the fifth round. Not sure if any of those guys are going to contribute a whole lot in year one. If you get nobody to contribute in year one was the draft a success, I would argue it was not. Another team that I thought had a bad draft was the Miami Dolphins. Now, we can exclude the Tua pick. I think the Tua pick was good and the right pick there. Austin Jackson at 18, I think that was a reach. I think there were better offensive linemen on the board. We already talked about the cornerback out of Auburn. That was a reach. They did get Robert Hunt in the second round, an offensive guard. Um, and he is supposed to be very good and maybe playing uh, uh, going forward. Everybody else is a team that just has a lot of holes um, and a lot of draft picks. You'd like to see them maybe move up and get some more quality players at the top of the draft than what they were able to do. Then the New England Patriots, and I have a hard time betting against uh, Bill Belichick, but uh, I just look at this draft and go, you know, he's just trying to prove how smart he is by drafting guys that no one's ever heard of. Their first pick was in the second round, number five overall. They go with Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan, the safety. Uh, they go ahead and get another Michigan lineman, defensive lineman also in the second round. He just these picks by him were just I don't know. It's one of those things where the guy like doesn't want to draft anybody that you've heard of or anyone that you know well because he's smarter than you. And I just don't see this going well. New England passed on quarterbacks uh, the entire draft. They signed a couple undrafted free agent quarterbacks, but passing on on guys that appear—I mean, he passed on Jordan Love, on Eason, on uh, Morgan, on From, on Hertz. He passed on all these guys, and uh, and I just don't think New England. Now, there's some rumor out there that they're trying to tank. Uh, for Lawrence for next year, I don't see Bill Belichick tanking, uh, but nonetheless, not. I didn't think their draft was that good. Then the last team I want to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, their first pick, Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech, I think was a reach as well. They do get a quality edge rusher and Daryl Taylor in the second round. Um, after that, they, they drafted a tight end in the fourth round. They've got, I think, eight tight ends on the roster currently. Um, this was a draft that just didn't seem to go well for Seattle. I don't know if their board just didn't fall the way they wanted it to or what happened there, but not a lot of success uh, on there. And, of course, a number of other teams that had good picks and bad picks every team did, and you really can't grade a draft uh, for a few years until you see how everything turns out in the end. But these are my opinions on the NFL draft. I really enjoyed uh, the just having sports on again. Uh, Roger Goodell uh, was kind of embarrassing as the draft went on. Uh, he got a little too casual there for my liking in the later parts uh, of the day two picks. But nonetheless, it was fun to watch and good to see. Uh, sports on again, something to talk about for a while. And, uh, and I hope that your team got better, and if they didn't, then I feel your pain, and uh, and we look forward to hopefully seeing these guys on the field in the coming months. The NFL draft is over, so what now? Well, keep on subscribing, and we'll find something to talk about in the near future. Thank you for listening to the Sports Stove Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Sports Stove, or on Facebook, the Sports Stove Podcast. And until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.